0: All right, I would like to welcome everyone back to the Candidly Speaking Podcast. I am your host, Luke Burke. And today, my guest is another friend that I've known forever. Her name is Cheryl Hodges. And we're just gonna talk about her time in the military and being a family woman. So we're gonna get right into that right now. So, Miss Cheryl, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. How are you, Luke?
0: I'm good. I'm good. I am just sitting here and uh, very excited about doing this podcast. We talked about doing something like this a couple of weeks ago because I know you're going to be uh, kicking off a podcast soon. You picked a name for that, right?
1: I did. I did. Can yeah. you share what this the name lens is? <laughs> this Lynn's Corner. Corner.
0: Oh, okay. Miss Lynn's Corner. Okay, that's 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 good. So uh do you have an idea when you're gonna start posting your episodes or are you just kinda planning right now?
1: Um, still kind of planning, but I do I had to get some other things um that I was waiting for to come in and kinda get everything set up, but I should be good to go in by mid November.
0: Mid November, okay.
1: My, yeah, yeah, I'll give you posted it or with um, airing, I guess is a better word by mid-November.
0: Okay, so you'll you'll have your podcast before we have a president, then. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know if that's right. i don't i don't know what's going on with that i don't know if we're ever gonna have a president we'll be you know um no president forever or something i, I don't know it seems to be taking forever man I, and I, uh, at the go we might not need
1: well we might need to take some time to
0: ourselves and <laughs> get it together <laughs> you
1: might be right
0: man you, you you might be right but um but i'm glad you could take the time to uh come on the podcast today so the first thing we want to start out with is. Uh, Thank you for your service. Uh, we met at Fort Detrick um, about, wow, that was, yeah, about 2001 or two or something like that. Um, when oh, we- Oh,
1: probably when, was before that. But, no, it couldn't have been. I got there that? in 2002. 2002. Oh, so I might've been
0: already, I was
1: already out in You were out of the
0: military then, yeah. You were out because I used to go back yeah. there and see you and Goldie sitting in the little thing back there picking at people every time they right,
1: but, yeah, and I was working there as a civilian then. Mm-hmm. Right,
0: yeah. but why did y'all have that big old glass up there though? I never understood that. Did y'all um, have like a big glass like where you were? Like, wasn't there like a yeah
1: on the yeah on the um, on the ward? It was really no reason. It just was uh, because we did. Oh, okay, because <laughs> it right. wasn't nothing, nothing in particular. It wasn't. Um, I mean, I, it was just a divider. Had, they had done some renovations for so when we first got there to that time that you saw it because mm. it never, that didn't even look like that. So oh. when they did the renovations, it kind of was, um, they kind of just took that there, I guess just to make it look more, more professional. No, but it looked nice. Yeah, it was the special innovation program used to operate just out of one small room. And then once they did all the renovations, it became that whole area. So, oh, um okay. Yeah, there was nothing
0: in no nothing in particular why. It was just there. Okay. Yeah, I, I always wondered that I was like, why do you got that glass up? But anyway, um <laughs> <laughs> uh if I didn't already, uh thank you for your service in the military. Oh, um, no
1: problem. And thank you for yours.
0: No problem. I you know, I, I worked hard and, and, and did what I had to do, you know. Um now, how's the family doing? I know you just had a recent high school graduate. Got a little football yes. player, okay. and you got a little young son. I don't know when we came to Georgia. That time it was he was born. Yeah, he was born when we came to Georgia. Yeah, yeah. So how are they all doing? Yeah,
1: they are all good. They're all doing very well. Yes, my um, daughter just graduated, so she's a 2020 graduate. So it was not ideal at all. She she missed mm-hmm. out on a lot of things that. Um, seniors get to experience that last year that make it memorable yeah so it was uh it was bittersweet for her she uh she didn't get opportunity to experience calm you know she didn't get opportunity to experience pretty much any of the whole senior activities that they have because you know most of it's geared at the end of the year so and right. then they had sent everybody home and set everything down and so she. And they were trying to do a graduation for her school, but they ended up canceling it. So she didn't even have the graduation ceremony. So, so, yeah. but she did graduate. be grateful for that. Yes. And, um, she, that's my that's my 2001 baby. So she was around. Uh, she was born a month after 9/11. So, she, so she's um she's graduated in college now, and um, she's doing okay. College kids are always hungry. I will tell you that. So mm. no, if she don't text me for that. else, no, she definitely text me for food. <laughs> you're gonna send me food? Can you send me food? Oh, I'm so hungry. <laughs> I don't think I can live like this. And, you know, that's funny. <laughs> it sounds like she
0: get that from you
1: though. I'm never that hungry. <laughs> <laughs> never that hungry. That's <laughs> funny. Hungry all the time, like, but you have a milk so you go use it. And she's, I don't want to walk over there. So it's just, uh, but she's doing well. Um, yes, and then I also have a—he a, just turned 19. I have a 16-year-old. He just turned 16. Javon, 16 um, years yes. old? He is 16, yep. You
0: know, and I've seen
1: his—I'm
0: sorry. I've seen his pictures, like, with the football, and I know he's in, like, high school, but I guess it didn't really register to me just now until you said he's 16. I'm like, 16? Good
1: Lord. hmm And so he was the baby when we lived in Maryland. That was right. That was the baby when we left. So yeah. he was the one that he saw as a baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that yes, he's 16 now and um, playing football, and so again, even with him, the football this year has been interesting. Has hmm. been playing with COVID and trying to make sure everybody is safe, and they actually have to have had to stop practices and postpone games a few times now because they had a couple of players who come up positive. But, yeah. Um, but it was a, It's been decent, and he's going well, and he's and he's moving on. The so season, well, the not technically over, but we'll see what happens at this point. Okay. And then I have, um, and then I have a nine-year-old, so. <laughs> yeah. And he's just living his best fourth-grade life. Oh
0: asking. Oh no problem. But you know what? You mentioned something that was interesting that that it just occurred to me as you said this, um, that your daughter was born, two thousand one. And um, she was graduating this year, and I saw early in the year when this whole pandemic thing happened, they were talking about kids who were born in 2001 and the kids who are graduating in 2020. And they were talking about the kids that were born in 2001. They they were, um, you know, experiencing the whole thing with 9/11, you know, in their birth year. Mm-hmm. Not that it impacted them much because they were babies. But now you go into their graduating your graduating year. And then you got this pandemic, and it's like, man, you know, so maybe that's the generation we need to watch. Like, what's going to happen in the next 18 years with y'all? <laughs> so we'll know what's going on, you know, but right. I thought that was pretty right. crazy. And
1: then, right, and then, too, in their lives, they had to, because, like you said, it really didn't affect them. Like, my baby was born in August, I mean, um, October. Right. Everything happened. I was still pregnant with her, and actually mm-hmm. um, and Then it happened when 9-11 happened, but she was born the next month, so, know that type really didn't affect her per se. You know, but now the children who were born whose parents were in you know the station or you know, something they lost parents,
2: yeah.
1: family members. That may have, that would have impacted them more. But it's just that generation where they've had they were born into a type of uh, not pandemic but a a, a tragedy, yeah. and then. As they're, be, as they're getting to the the place of their lives where they're now becoming adults, and which would be a good and you know, great experience, and good. now I'm here we go with another situation. So, yeah. you know, they, if nothing else, they have learned to be uh, overcomers,
2: yeah,
1: and be able to continue to push through because that's what they had to do. Because this year was it was something else, and you know, my daughter, she, you know, she cried, and you know, this isn't fair, but you know what. I,
0: what can we do is not anything that we can control yeah yeah and i saw a lot of schools trying to do do stuff and like uh some of the local schools here i think they did like uh for the graduation i think they did a like a presentation where they put all the kids um like put all the kids photos up and i thought that was a really good gesture because first of all whoever did all those slides (laughs) they had a lot of work to do with all those kids you know um, but yes. I'm sorry
1: And our school did they did they did um they actually had um got all the kids together I um, mean got all the um all the information and the ones who was like college bound or going into the military they actually came to each of their homes and brought those um, yard signs
2: mm. to
1: put out so right. they were all over the place. And Kamaya asked the kids at her girlfriend's house when they came, and they was like banging on my door and yelling and screaming. Ah. And I'm like, What is going on here? And I opened the door, like, What? And it oh, <laughs> clipped the two teachers. <laughs> oh, they're like, You might be looking for Kamaya, you know, pastor's information. I'm like, Yeah, yeah. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: hilarious. Just that <laughs> like, leave
1: it right here and see what you get back. So. They did do that. Like um, Ada's school, the elementary school, they did a drive-by. So all of their, all of the um, teachers and third, so all of the third grade, well, all of the teachers, but the third grade, teacher his teacher and the rest of them, they drove around all of the neighborhoods where the kids that live that go to that school, hmm. and was honking their horns and waving. They told you, okay, come out to this particular place. At this particular time, and watch the parade, and so we went outside, and Aiden was able to see his teacher, he's screaming and yelling, and he's like, "Hey!" <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> and cool. And then they though. kept going, going, so they did things like that, and then they did, like you said, with the other, they had all the kids and their pictures in, um, in their caps and gowns, and so they did a virtual graduation ceremony.
0: Yeah, no, I yeah, I, I think that's awesome, man. I, I mean, it's it's I'm sure it's been hard on the teachers too. Um, Jeremiah had a, a yeah. fifth grade teacher who I recently talked to and his teacher um you know he's teaching from home and he has like a four a five year old and I'm like I don't know how these teachers do it like how do you teach from home with a five year old you're trying to teach other kids and you got your five year old who's in school himself and yeah. um and not in you know and not every scenario um even if there are two parents household not every scenario are both parents at home. Um right. So sometimes one parent is out is out, you know, for work and then the other parent is there he's teaching. I'm not saying this is their situation. I'm just going into it. Like, you know, how do you how do you teach other kids when you got a five year old? So I don't know, shout out to the teachers because that's that's definitely
1: uh it's difficult. Definitely difficult yeah. Very difficult. Like you say, when you have it just a setup because like I said, my youngest is in fourth grade and me with him, I mean, I just right now, well, the job that I have at the time, I have had the opportunity where I was home at, well, I have been home every day with him, but mm-hmm. it's not easy because it, well, with him, is a little easier. He can read. So he can read, follow instructions, more with him to keeping him focused and making sure he's following the instructions correctly. Right. But if you have a kindergartner who you really don't know how to read yet and you want them to maneuver through Google and um the kids here they use a different their but their school e classes that they call it here. And we need to do that. And then all of the different websites they that they're, they're sending them to to do different assignments and stuff. And you got a kindergarten you know how overwhelming that is? For the child and the parent and the teacher. So yeah. it's a it is a lot. It is a lot. And shout out to because they they haven't involved too. It's it's everybody. And it's gonna take it's taking a community effort to get, you know, these kids where they need to be for this school year you know and we will see what next year has what next year holds but definitely this year
0: right now now remind me are you guys um you guys are you in class so are you doing part time or are the kids full time home right now for school
1: my children are both home full time Devon goes because he's playing football in high school so their last black ass block class each day is like weight training or something where he they go back to the school and they do that and then they go to football practice but okay. their home um their home there is they have offers we in Gwinnett County so they have offers where there are kids that are in school in person and they've actually sent out the information now saying hey what do you want to do with your kids next semester are they going to stay home they're coming back to, or they're coming back to school There, it's not a half and half here it's Either
0: your home or you or you're in person. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well I uh, appreciate that. So uh, let's let's get back into your military career here. Uh, so where did you go to basic training? I went to Fort
1: Leonard, Fort Leonard Wood in Missouri. Oh Lord, or they, or what it used to be called, Fort Lost in the Woods. Lost in the woods. <laughs>
0: yes, I've never been to Fort Leonard Wood, but I always heard about Lost in the Woods. Huh. How was
1: yes, that? I went to Fort and I went to Fort Linville, Missouri in August and oh. it was so hot. That's it was so hot. And I lived in Brunswick, Georgia. I went to Baker from there and it was so hot. It was a different type of hot. Mm. But um definitely a lot of wood. Um, I didn't get lost too many times, but it was definitely a lot of wood. And um, it was all right, though. I'm probably one of the people, most people are, that a lot of people don't say that basic training was a a really great experience. I actually had a nice time with basic training. It was (laughs) fun. I mean, you know, sometimes I didn't, some things I didn't like, but for the most part, I had a good time. (laughs) I did some stuff and learned some stuff and saw some stuff. So it was a a, a good time.
0: Well that's good. That's good. Now when you were when you were in basic training at Fort Leno Fort Lenawood and what was your, your MOS was a ninety one whiskey, right? You said?
1: Well when I was first went in it was a ninety one Bravo and then okay. while I was in it's one of the projects that to ninety one whiskey. I don't even know what it is now, but they're
0: eights now, I think. They changed it to sixty eight now.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't need to keep up with it no more I'm so far from being back in the military.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I hear you. Okay. So uh, you spent some time, you were, uh, a, well, let's just say you were a medic, right? Mm-hmm. So talk about, talk yeah. a little bit about what a medic does in the army or not even just what they do, but if 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 a medic was, somewhere downrange or anywhere, what would a medic be expected to do? Talk a little bit about the, the medic in the uh, United States Army.
1: So we would the correct me, we were combat medic. So pretty much our job was to go and, like um, you said, downrange, um, we are to go and assist wounded soldiers if it's um if, if it's a war situation, downrange, we're the ones that go get them, mend them up, bring them out, bring them to the hospital. We work in the hospitals. We work in um, you know if it's a makeshift, makeshift hospital that's no. uh, or if it's an actual walk read, that's what we do. So we are that's pretty much it. And even on the, the equivalent of it, I guess you say on the civilian side, um. It can range from an EMT, you know, on the basic level all the way up to an RN, just mm-hmm. depending on where you go, how much you go, how far you go on the education side of it. But that's, that's That was what we did. We went and we made sure everybody was safe and health, well, healthy. And if they got hurt, we didn't want to go get them and try to bring them back to health.
0: Yeah. That, that, the medic, the medic job was, I, I think about, They're like you said, they're kind of like the the, I always looked at them as like the army's first responders type of thing. So something goes bad. Mm -hmm. You see blood. Everybody's calling medic, medic. You know, you're on a range. I'll tell a a story. And the guy that uh, this happened to might actually hear this. So I won't mention his name, though, but uh, we were at a range once and a guy uh, he uh, all I heard was a, a scream and he fell and I didn't know what was going on. And I heard somebody, you know, I saw the medic running over there and I thought something happened, but I think what happened was, uh, he, uh, I think he burned himself with one of the, uh, with one of the rounds, oh, you know, okay. the shell. And, uh, I mm-hmm. think he was trying not to, you know, he didn't want to, you know, he was trying to control himself. So he just, I think he just trying to kind of fell. I don't know I'd have, I'd have to ask him about that. But, you know, the first people that would respond to a situation like that would be, a medic you're out there on the range at the um at the range and you're you know carrying your medic pack and you're making sure nothing happens um Mm -hmm. so i thought you know the the medic the medic position was 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 something i felt like i couldn't do because it was you know i'd I'd be scared to be the first first responder to have to respond to somebody but i guess that's why they gave us stuff like combat lifesaver you couldn't get out of it but Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) right right now did you ever take that
0: Oh, I'm sorry. As go ahead,
1: Cheryl. All these, uh, in, like any ceremonies, you know, anything. You oh, know, true. Yeah. We would be there. And you just sit around and wait until, some, until somebody needs us. <laughs> until, <laughs> until somebody start, start here, falling out. Yes, yes. <laughs> many a days of that. <laughs> Juggles falling yeah, out in formation. Like don't lock
0: your knees. <laughs> oh, man. That's crazy. Did you ever have to do the combat lifesaver course also? Or did you not because you were a medic? Or were they even doing that while you when you were a medic?
1: Did had have to do the what?
0: The combat lifesaver course. Did oh, you
1: ever yes. Do, <laughs> you you did that? that? Yes. But it was actually in a... Like, what you... As a as a as someone who's not a medic, you take that and... That's like a, a you know, one time course or however
0: often you need to do it. Okay, like That
1: I see. was absolutely integrated. Yeah, it's integrated in what in our AIP. So it's all we taught that as our job. You know, if I'm. I sense. see.
0: Yeah. No, it does. Um, now I did the combat lifesaver course. I think like maybe two or three times. The last time I did this course, it was the worst. It was the worst time, and this is going to get a little graphic so of course when you do the combat lifesaver course you have to learn how to um give an iv that's like one of the biggest things in doing a combat lifesaver Mm -hmm. course is learning Mm -hmm. how to give an iv um which is something i never ever 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 want to have to do for real like in like in a real situation i never want to do that in a real situation but then they introduced this new thing you know so they teach you they taught you how to do an iv all that stuff, and then they taught you how to, like if somebody' lungs collapse, how to stick a, 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 a knife or a mm-hmm. needle or I something need in there. Yeah, that, that chest really compression my- thing, whatever that is. You know, mm-hmm. of course you didn't, gladly, they didn't make a stab anybody, and you know, the technology got better where they had these little uh, these little dummies that you can you can stab and, and practice on that stuff with. But the most gruesome thing I did in the Combat Lifesaver course was they had you stick This thing, this little and now I don't think I don't think they had this around back then. This was a new thing. It wasn't a new tool, but it was a new thing they had us doing. You had to take Mm -hmm. the thing and put the thing through your nose and make it come out of your mouth. Like to the back of your throat. But
1: Oh no, no, no. no. Well, right.
0: (laughs) I thought when they first demonstrated it, I was like, oh, okay, you know, whatever. They're just They're just, you know, showing us what has to be done. You know, some some dude up here trying to show off, you know, E5 dude trying to show off like, you know, I'm going to show you all how to do this thing. I'm going to stick this thing in my nose. And then they were like, no, you guys have to do that, too. So basically, your partner had to stick this thing in your nose and that was what you had to do. And you just had to sit there and take it. Now, I guess that's for like if you're in a triage situation and somebody can't breathe and you have to help them breathe. I think that's what that was for. Um, yeah, but...
1: that, that I, I would tell you that during my AIQ training, during my AIQ, most of the anything that had to do with a needle, I um, yeah, I, I was like, you know what, this is not going to work for me. <laughs> um, because and in this you mentioned IV, when we started working and learning and, and training on how to do IV, that was probably the worst week for me because I have a thing, I have a fear of needles. I can give a shot. I can draw blood, I can do IV, I with no problem whatsoever. Mm. And I'm pretty, and well, I haven't done it in a long time, but I was really, I was pretty good with it. Mm. But you when know, you're talking about people who don't know any more than what I know, and I'm looking around and we in this tent and <laughs> we on these pots and I'm looking at blood going everywhere and people yelling and screaming. I said, oh no, this ain't gonna work for me. And I got so nervous and, like, to the point where they, I was, they like, you have to lay down. I'm laying there. He was, we, we can't find any veins. No, they've all disappeared because now they don't want you to be <laughs> <laughs> So, there ain't no veins. There are no veins there. Sorry. And wow. they, um, a guy came that was in, because, you know, you have to practice on each other. Right. And you get your grades based on you doing it. A guy came over there because I was like, look, the person I was working with, I said, I'm sorry, you just, I'm not going to be able to do this. So, he came and lent his arm so that they can... I um, do get get because I was like, no, I'm literally going to pass out and die. If you try to push me with that meter, I'm going to die because you don't know what you're doing. I have oh, a hard time with confessions. Wow,
0: it was that is a great story.
1: <laughs> that <laughs> is, is a terrible. great story. I was like, oh. I'm looking around, and it's like blood flying, and you know, it's and then you know everything the military does is any type of training is always intense. <laughs> and so it probably wouldn't have been that bad if it was probably on the style, But then you have the dresses screaming. You got, you know, people screaming. Things flying, fluids and stuff going all over the place. <laughs> I said, no, this is not for me. That, that was probably the first time I was questioning. I was in the wall <laughs> field. Oh,
0: <laughs> wow. Wow. That's pretty intense. Uh, the, the medics, you guys go to AIT. At, it went to Fort Sam, though, right? For AIT.
1: Yes, boy, family is Texas.
0: I bet you yes. like that, huh?
1: Loved it, loved it. I'm actually, it's on my list, I have to go back and visit. And I actually have family down here, so I gotta get down there, but yes, I love it. Oh, San Antonio good. is a beautiful city, so if you haven't ever been there, go see it, because it is a beautiful city. There's a river that actually runs directly through the city, it is, and they built up a mall and stores and um, restaurants and everything around this this river. And it's
0: really a beautiful city. No, I went there. I went there um, back in uh, 2003 when uh, Lee, uh, now Major McMullen, was uh, we did his interview a couple of days ago. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it, but it's posted. Um, I went back in there in 2003 to visit him and I was there for like a week and i i enjoyed being there i didn't get a chance to do a whole lot but i i really and that was only because of me um but um you know i enjoyed it out there and actually i was like man it would be too bad to live out here you know but um you yeah, know that was, right uh, was yeah that was, that was a long time ago so um but was Fort Dietrich Fort Dietrich was that your only duty station or did you go somewhere else um prior to to being yeah. at Fort Dietrich
1: was my only duty station. Okay. I actually signed up to go to Fort D3 and oh, wow. said I would do my my enlistment term there. Yes, that was my only duty station. After that, I decided that it was probably best for me to get out, like if I was, I was pregnant with my daughter. Yeah. And so it was, uh, I just, I made a decision that it would be to stay in, you know, with her because my, um, her father, he was my husband at the time. He was not in the military. Right. But I was. So it was a situation where I had to decide do I want to stay in because when my opened my window and the listening window opened back up or opened up. She um I was pregnant with her and then she was born not too much longer. I mean, by the time she was born, if I had stayed in, she would have been about hmm, six six months or whatever, what have you. Mm-hmm. And the places that they were giving me the choose from i was like uh-uh, no i can't i'm not gonna just losing my baby and coming back and she's like who are you so i just said i'll yeah. i'll just count my losses and i decided to to end my term of, um and to end my career or my military time and go about my business but yes yeah, so this it was my only beauty station and what a beauty station again <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> uh yeah so um...
1: is a very place and yes. a lot I have a cousin who was uh who retired out of the military and she was when I told her where I was going, she was like, Where is that at? I've never heard of that before. She went and looked it up. Yeah, for these days a very unique, um, digitization and your family is even that much more unique. So you most people are big. like if you live in Frederick, then you know about it. You know, away, um, the Naval Hospital. things you mm-hmm. know about it, but most people don't know anything about it. It's hidden in like
0: a second like hideaway spot. No, you're right. I remember when I first found out I was going to Fort Dietrich. Um, this was my first time in Korea. I went twice, but this was my first time in Korea. And I had a supervisor. I can't really go into all the stuff that he said to me. Um, but right. um, you know, back in <laughs> back in those days, we used to get uh you know, you used to get the little purse gram to tell you when we were in Korea, we got, they mm-hmm. called it the purse gram, a little hand paper thing that, that tells you where you're going for your, uh, for your next duty station. Right. And, uh, <laughs> so we're on a bus, mind you, we're going to the field. We're doing a field exercise. We're on the bus. And this guy is like, yeah, yeah. Fort Detrick. you know, that's a nice place, you know? Yeah. You know, he's just sitting there talking to himself about it. And I'm like, I'm like, Oh, okay. Um, who's 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 going there you know and he's like you're going there you I was like me so it didn't occur to me until years later I'm thinking to myself like wait a minute why was he opening my purse gram? <laughs> like why did he open my purse gram you know what I'm saying like I didn't right. I didn't think that was right you know? I'm like why did no, you open my, open my purse my gram? Mail. right like that's <laughs> opening my mail why did you op- but you know at that time let's see what was I I had to be I think I was um Oh, I think we might have lost Cheryl. We might have lost Cheryl. Okay. She is calling back. I don't know if that's being recorded. Cheryl, you there? I'm here. Okay, sorry. I don't know how we lost you on that. Oh,
1: uh, sorry. That's okay. Know.
0: Maybe that Bluetooth thing going on.
1: Probably. Hold. I'm gonna disconnect <laughs> from you. Hold
0: on. Okay. Okay. Uh, what about now? Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. All right. So I'll go back to the the little story where the guy he was um, you know he Open um, your mail. he opened up my my thing and I, it didn't really occur to me until later on, like uh, years later. I was like, wait a minute, why was he opening my stuff? So <laughs> um, you know, so I ended up coming to Fort Detrick, but I remember um the commander at the time. I was in, I was in my barracks room in Korea and he was going over, there was a commercial, like the armed forces network commercial that came on and it had the colonel from you on there. And mm. I was like, and then he was talking about the stuff that they do. And I was like, that's where I'm going. I don't want to go there, you know, <laughs> but I, I really didn't, but it turned out to be like the best, the best place for me um, coming from uh second ID. So it seemed like the best mm-hmm. place for me. So um, you were right. Fort Detrick was definitely a, uh, a very unique, a unique place in, in a lot of ways, Mary, in a lot of ways. I
1: was in, we were at, when we was in AIT, um, it was a group of us that came there together uh, about maybe about, 12 or 14 of oh, us gracious. and we came from we were in uh when we were in texas and in, in Fort sam one of our drill sergeants actually was at u during the time of his military career so he um he called well he called me and i don't know how everybody else kind of went about it but he called me in his office and he talked to me and he was like you know uh brown got this locate this duty station do you want to go here? And I'm thinking, I don't know. What is it? Where is it? What is it about? You know, because my thing was, I I really did not want to go overseas
2: mm-hmm. right
1: then. I, Cause I still kind of wanted to be kind of close to my mom mm-hmm. and my dad. So I was like, um, well, is it in the States? And he was like, yeah, it's in the States. It's in Maryland. I was like, okay, Maryland, not too bad. It's not too far from my dad in Jersey. It's not too far from my mom in Georgia. So, okay. And so he, um, he was like it's, it was called the we were it was called the um, MERS. That was the what, what we were considered medical mm. research volunteers.
2: Oh wow! And okay.
1: so I said, so I said, well, what does that all you know? What does that mean? And this is he described it to me. He said, have you ever seen the movie Outbreak? Mm, right. And I yeah. was like, yeah, with the little monkey. <laughs> he said, yes. He said that the place where that was, he said, is actually where this movie station is. He's saying I was actually one of the people in that movie.
2: Mm.
1: I was like, What? Get out of here. He was like, No, not like one of the actors, but one of the uh extras. Right. And he's like when in those blue suits and stuff and I was like, Oh really? Okay, well that's that's that sounds interesting. Okay. And so he that was he gave a little bit more information. I said, well sign me up. I'll go. That's <laughs> that sounds easy enough to me. You know, I'm a be in the States and I can go do this and check this out and see what it is. And, um, that's how I ended up there. And it was 12, about 12 or 14 of us all went there at the same time. So we were in our own little group. We all had came from sports sales together. We went there and I remember I went home first, oh. um, for hometown recruiting and everybody else had already went there. And so when I got there, I was 10 days late. But when I, I remember my mother, she drove me up there and we driving on post and it's, dead quiet. You know how for Detroit, oh, yeah. like, on the weekends, nothing. There's no activity. There's no movement. You don't <laughs> see no people. Like, is nothing going on. And so she was like, you sure this is where you're supposed to be? <laughs> yeah, this is, <laughs> this is it. And you remember they used to have the little smoke things that would come out the ground. And she was like, roll the windows up, close the vent. What is that coming out there? <laughs>
0: Oh, man, that's hilarious.
1: What's that smoke? Do you know what that is? Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, this is my first time getting here, too. So oh. she was, like, real nervous. I was like, okay, I don't know what's going on. And I, this is the first. And then she, then the smell, cause you know, it had that very distinct oh, yeah. smell from yeah. the autoclave. And she was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I don't know. Where are you going? Let me I'm gonna drop you off to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, that smell a beast, man. Mm. Yeah, yeah, the autoclay, It really stank, really stank. So, yeah, that's how I ended up there, and um, and I learned a lot. It was a very, like I said, it was a very interesting, um, duty station. But the things that I learned and was able to do and see, you know, it was, it was, it was worth it. It was worth it.
0: That's good. I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you enjoyed it. But you know, you mentioned something that I hadn't really thought much about because I never got the chance to do it. Um, was the hometown recruiting program? Uh, do mm-hmm. you remember much about that? Can you can you tell a little bit about what that hometown recruiting program was all about?
1: Yeah, so they asked me. They asked me prior to you know, well, they asked me prior to leaving uh, Fort Sam. Hey, do you? And actually, my recruiter had told me about it too, so okay. I kind of knew to ask about it. But he, because he told me, he said, "Hey, when you finish your job training." you can come home for 10 days and, you know, come here and work at the recruiting office. And I was like, okay. So he was like, make sure you ask about it. So they had brought it up and I was like, yeah, I want to do that. And so um, it was just pretty much signing up. Um, and they, I mean, I had my orders to go to Dietrich, but then they put in there, you know, I get this, I, my report date just was 10 days later okay. than what uh, it originally was. And so I was able to go home. Um, they sent me home and, I got. I went there, went to, and mine was real easy because I was living, like I said, I lived in Brunswick, Georgia. Brunswick is a very small town. So mm-hmm. I was able to go in, and I went and sat with the recruiters. And if somebody came in, for the most part, they just want you to give your your um, perspective, your, your um, point of view and how things went for you and how basic training was for you and how was your job training. Kind of just try to, you know, talk people into it mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe on the fence. And just give your experience with what happened with you, and it's coming from someone who just did it right. so i yep. you know i just i just told what happened with me and how i what my experience was and gave my um opinion on it and and did that for a few days and it was real easy and I did that during the like a few hours during the day and then I went back home <laughs> and hung out and then they um my mom actually i didn't they didn't have to Uh, I told her my mother would bring me back because she wanted to bring me back up or take me to Maryland. So my Mm -hmm. mother just drove me up there and that
0: was it. Wow. Wow. So so speaking of military assignments, you said Fort Detrick was your only assignment. But was there were there any assignments that you would have wanted to go to if you could if you could have chosen? You know, it sounds like a few times you had opportunities. If there was a dream assignment while you were in the military, in the army. What would that assignment have been?
1: So, you know, you have to give a little a wish list, you know. So right. um, I actually True. saw mine the other day. I wanted to go to Hawaii. Mm. And I, I, I think I think like, everybody want to go to Hawaii. And then uh, 18-year-old Cheryl wanted to go to Hawaii. <laughs> now, okay. 20, 28-year-old Cheryl would have been like, uh-uh, it's too expensive down here. I don't want to go there. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> it is. ooh but,
1: it varies but 18 year old sure i wanted to go to hawaii i wanted to go um to italy and i wanted to go to and then my aunt was like oh go to germany germany is real nice and you'll love it there i kind of didn't want to go to germany but i wanted to go to italy hawaii and then in the states i wanted to go out to california
0: california to what
1: hmm for europe yep yep Good- I don't even know what station what oh, those out there. Just what, I just wanted to go to California, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, that's crazy. Yeah, I
1: think it's yeah. I only think it's only like one out there, but that's why I wanted to go. I wanted to just go to California. I ain't ever lived over there, so
0: that's why. Mm. Well, they got um. I know they got Fort Irwin. I don't really know exactly, and I think um. Uh, I don't know exactly where it is, and then Fort Ord, I think, is also in California. I can't, I can't remember. I've never been to either one of those um yeah i've not
1: been on that side so okay i I just wanted to go to california just because i haven't been there
0: right right and i know um they have the uh like the army training before they send soldiers to um go overseas Uh, i think that's over there on one of those on one of those bases as well so now so i want to talk a little bit about how the military has kind of led you where you are now, like in your career. And, um, you know, so how did, how did you transition from the military and, and into the career that you ended up deciding to go into?
1: So, um, once I, when I got out, I did not, I no longer wanted to do the hands-on part of it. I didn't want to do the, I just was kind of over it. You kind of, because you see stuff, you know, and I just was, I didn't want to be involved. I didn't want to do that part of it anymore. But I, I knew I still wanted to be in the medical field because, I mean, honestly, medical, um, mortuary, technology, them three things ain't going nowhere. So you always have a job. <laughs> you can always find a job in one of those three areas. People will always be born. People are always going to die. And technology is just going to advance. Yeah. And so, um, I knew I wanted to stay in the, in the medical field. I just didn't want to do those type of things. So I actually went back when I got out of the military, I went back to the, um, special immunization program on the civilian side. Okay. And so I did that for a while. I was a, as a contractor, I actually have worked for TRICARE and that's where I kind of tr- started transitioning to of the more men, um, part of it. Okay. So insurance. Um, office like front office, front desk, stuff like that, coding, right? Uh, billing that area, okay. Collections when I started, when I went to Tricare because I went to back to the SIP program and or SIP, and then that contract ended, so I was like, you know this contract work, it's not for me because when they lose the contract, you kinda just out there. Yeah. And so I said, Well let me go and try to do something else. So I actually went from there and started working for TriCare. And it was that was an easy transition because I had TriCare.
2: So right.
1: it was easy. I, I knew what it was, I knew how it worked. I knew, you know, all the ins and outs. I was able to help um people because of the fact that I was also I just got out of the military so I kinda knew mm-hmm. how I, how to maneuver it. So that started that, and then from there I just have kind of continued in that. So I stayed in, I've stayed in insurance. I stayed in. Um, well, I went back. I've done insurance billing, coding, and collections, and I've just kind of just stayed in that in that realm. Okay. And, and that's where I am now. And so now I'm, and so now I'm in the hospitals, but I'm in the hospitals on the um the, the financial side.
0: Okay, I got you. And that coding. Mm-hmm coding thing i i recently learned a little more about that you know because when i used to not understand it i would go like even now like we, you know we just had our baby and you get these these bills in the mail they got all these little codes on there and mm-hmm. i'm like what does all this stuff mean they're putting this code and that code and that code i was like what does all this stuff mean so when you guys were doing when you guys code something do you have like a reference sheet or is that something like you just learn off the top of your head or you probably see enough of them, and you're like, "Oh, that's a 640 or something like that." I don't know how how does how does how does that work?
1: There's a whole entire book Good Lord. that tells you every type of service that you can have, and it has a code that's attached to it. So if you're doing now, you do learn them. I worked at a surgery center at one time, and they only did certain things there. They did colonoscopies, EGDS and that was it. So since that's the only things we're working with, yes, you learn those off the top of your head. But okay. there's when I say everything that could happen, any type of procedure, any type of diagnosis, they're all they all have a code attached to it. There's a a manual because you really could never put all that to memory. So <laughs> you just um and you can go online and search it and you go in that's and what I did. find out what Mhm. Yeah, cuz you can look that's like um right elbow pain, like say you go to the doctor, oh, my right elbow is hurting. Okay, right elbow pain. It's a code attached to that. <laughs> or if you have, like you said, when you have a baby, there's a code attached to that. There's a code attached to a vaginal delivery. There's a code attached to a cesarean delivery. There's a code t- attached to um, any any type of anything. There's a normal pregnancy. There's a just, if you are, they call it, if you're older when you have kids, they call it, um what is it called? Um, geriatric. There's a geriatric, <laughs> there's codes for geriatric pregnancy. I mean, anything that you could think of, there's a code attached wait, to it. Wait, wait, and wait. that's
0: how. Hold on, I'm sorry. What is considered <laughs> geriatric? Is it like, isn't it like, what what is, what's the age? What's the age? Please tell me, because I know it's some ridiculous you... age.
1: When you talk about pregnancy, you talk about geriatric. it's usually at at like around 32, 31, 32 years of age. That's why I brought
0: that up because that's that's crazy to me. That's crazy to me because they
1: consider— Because that's not not really old. Right. (laughs) I had Aiden at 31, but that's when they start considering that you're geriatric. (laughs) Having
0: <laughs> kind of babies you two. <laughs> Your life is just getting started. What are you talking about? You geriatric because you having a baby at thirty one years old. It's crazy. I asked the doctor this year about that though. I asked the doctor, I said, I said, why because someone is over thirty five is considered a high risk? Like, it's not really that old. Like, why do you consider that a high risk? And she gave me some answer and I didn't understand the answer. Um, she gave me something about it it was one of those things that come from like the fifties or sixties or something like that. And they were saying that women in this age tend to have more. Pro- I'm like, man, that is a very, right. There tends to, to be more
1: issues. Yeah. And that's true. Because nowadays that's not the case because women are taking care of themselves. And, and a lot of women are waiting until later on to have children. So, true. and you know, health is, and we're more healthier now. And so, yeah, but yeah, they still use that though. That metric, that you know, once you get to that age, because then they start doing different things. They start testing you for different um, diseases. They start testing. They I mean, when I had Aiden, they um, they asked me, you know, do you want you want to be tested for Down? You know, see if the baby may right. possibly have Down syndrome. And, yeah. You know, different things. And I told you I don't like needles. And so I said, oh well, how are you gonna do that? And said, oh, <laughs> we gonna stick a needle in your in, through your stomach and take off some of the amniotic fluid that's a no no we won't do that whatever happened with this baby with this my baby i'm gonna love him either way so yeah. no you ain't sticking no needle in my stomach wait a minute so <laughs>
0: so okay so wow because now um when they do that stuff they just do they do blood work so here's the crazy thing um here's the crazy thing i don't know if you know jennifer might beat me up for sharing this but here's a crazy thing when we went to the doctor to get some tests done they told us they said we can find out now this was at maybe 12 weeks they were like Uh when we do this blood work we can find out what the sex of the baby is at 12 weeks through the blood work
1: I've seen that now and things have and this is this is the crazy thing Aiden is only nine so look how much has changed yeah between the in the last nine years, yes, I have seen that. I've seen that, and they I mean, I was somebody was talking to me, and this was of some years back, cause I I was still in Virginia.
2: Mm-hmm. She
1: this uh female that I know she had all boys, mm. and she wanted to have a girl, and so she was saying, yeah, there's we're doing this stuff and so and to make sure that our next baby is a girl, huh? Yeah. <laughs> really?
2: Yeah.
1: I thought okay. So there's, yeah, things have. I mean, like I said, medicine, you know, technology. They're working hand in hand. They're doing all kinds of changes. But yes, some things they did tell me they could find with blood work. But they were like, um, uh, we want to stick a needle and take out some amniotic fluid. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to. I don't even want to have an. I don't even know how I'm delivering these babies because that's how much I hate needles. So yeah, <laughs> not gonna do that. Not, yeah, not gonna do that at all. But yes. They, wow. um, I've heard that they can now tell the sets because what I, when I was pregnant with Kamaya, I was still in the military. The military yeah. gives you one ultrasound. That's it. If you find out, you you find out if you don't, you don't. So the one ultrasound that they allowed it for me for her, because I wasn't having any issues. So mm-hmm. they didn't, they were like, you get one. The one ultrasound that they gave me was her. Um, we couldn't find, she, she wouldn't reveal nothing. So mm. it was like, oh, I don't know what I'm having. And then I ended up getting in the car. <laughs> she just was, you know, she's continuing in that way, stubborn. But um, it was like, oh, man, I don't know what I'm having. So then I got into a car accident. Mm. And at that point, of course, they had to do more ultrasounds and figure out what's going on. And that's how I was able to find out what she was. Now, once I All got right. out and I had the, my, um, my oldest son, Javon, because I was I was a civilian then, oh, they did several ultrasounds. Yeah. I got mad ultrasounds for him, and then I got even more with Aiden. And then with Aiden, they was like, You want the 3D? <laughs> I was like, Oh, shoot, 3D? <laughs> That's <laughs> I hilarious. Changed in 10 years. Oh. I'm like, 3D. You want the 3D? Because it wasn't that th- oh. you're right, because it's not that 3D ultrasounds weren't a thing, but insurance companies weren't paying for them like that, they were costly. And so if you, unless you had a reason why you needed to get it, like a medical reason that can be explained, it wasn't. You would have to pay, you know, the difference out of pocket. And I'm like, I am. I wasn't gonna do that. Let me just see, make sure that everything is everything what it's supposed to be. Five fingers, five. I mean, ten fingers, ten toes. we move moving on. Right. But, yeah, Aiden. It was like you want three D. I was like three D. Oh, we fancy. <laughs> right. <laughs> like that, yeah. Let me get one of them. Right. Let me...
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's hilarious though. Cause yeah, they are they are doing the three uh, Ds. And actually, when we were going through uh, this pregnancy, we didn't even have to ask for it. They just gave it to us. It wasn't right. It, like it's just, not
1: even a thing. It's
0: not a thing anymore. It was at one time. Hmm. I remember it was a thing. Oh, did you request a three D? no nah, i didn't right. request it right. requested 3d but um even when jeremiah was born we uh i found his disc from bethesda so they put all our photos on the disc but now they just text them to you
1: i'm like I, see so i didn't have, have none of that me. but see? and i also didn't go to i didn't use the military hospital when I, with kamaya because the distance and it was i was like i don't want to travel that far it's over 30 miles that was like 32 miles i don't want to travel that far and the cutoff is 30 and that's the crow flies and i don't want to do that but i was able to use a civilian doctor and then i was able to go have her at fred memorial so see, yeah i didn't i didn't even go to the so but they they were still very strict you get one ultrasound madam <laughs> you yeah. know something happened so i was like forget it
0: see i, first... I got
1: one little picture
0: our first experience at Frederick Memorial was not so um, I won't talk too much about it, but I, I you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if how much I told I don't know how much of the story, you know, you might know some of it. I don't know, but I'll tell you at some point. But um, we ended up not going to Frederick Memorial, even though it was a an emergency situation. They told us they couldn't see us. Um, Mm -hmm. and it was kind of an urgent situation. Um, so we ended up having to drive all the way down to Bethesda that night. Oh Um, yeah, we, we drove down to Bethesda that night. It was like two o'clock in the morning. And, uh, it was a, it was a pretty intense situation because it was, it was a serious Mm -hmm. situation, but, um, long story short, what it boiled down to was TRICARE. Um, right. Right. And, um, that was, you know, I'm not knocking TRICARE or anything like that, but I'm just saying the hospital, you know, I felt like you know, we should have been provided some, some services that night because of the situation. Um, right, but, and they should have.
1: Yeah. But there's so much red tape the, of what tri TRICARE, and it's not as bad now. But, right. I mean, I, oh, oh, trust me, they gave me a lot of grief about that. Mm. I had to have um, everybody, I had all, all these signatures, all this approval and everything, and then – I was still only allowed to see a doctor that they told me that I could see who happens, happens to actually, he was actually a really cool doctor. And he, he's not even practicing anymore, but he delivered both Kamai and Javon. Oh, wow. I even went back to him. I went back to him when I had, when I was pregnant with Javon and I wasn't even in the military no more. Right. But they, and I think why, that's why I didn't really have any bad experience with the hospital per se, because of my, I, everything was pretty much just through my doctor, and then we just went to the hospital just to have him. Right. But everything was with him, and because he was approved by Tricare, they was okay with me seeing him after I got fifteen hundred signatures. I mean, I had to Walter Reed to, I had to first go to Walter Reed and be seen there, and then they had to release me yeah. from care, and then send and say, yeah, she can use that, uh, use a civilian doctor and use that um the hospital there in town it was a lot it was crazy i was like this is too much just to have a baby so um i didn't really have a you know i didn't have anything with fred memorial per se that i had to deal with like the hospital everything was with through him and then everything with kamaya was um everything it was kind of it wasn't planned but they i had to have an it was an appointment i had to go in because they had to Induce my labor so yeah. it wasn't like oh it just happened like like, like normal time you know just oh oops it's time to go it wasn't that kind of thing it was like oh no go in on this date right. we scheduled my ob and i we scheduled the dates go in the hospital on this date and you already registered and we'll i'll be there and we'll be ready to go um yeah and then no, jayvon was the same way
0: and when you were at Walter Reed you were at the original Walter Reed before it was down to right bethesda yeah yeah
1: yeah, I was at the right like, original one, and I mean I worked there, so it was like, y'all know me. Right. We would have to do rotations at Walter Reed. <laughs> right, right.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. So, um, okay. Well, that's well, that's good. So one of the reasons, one of the biggest reasons why, um, I wanted to bring you on because you mentioned this earlier, but what inspires me about you is that you're one of the few women, maybe. Maybe even the only one that I that I've known at least very at least back then that you were in the military and your husband was not in the military and usually um and this is not like a like a sexist thing or anything like that, but usually is you'll see the male in the military and you'll see um the female not in the military and right. you know and and it's and it's obvious sometimes because you know you always hear about you know the you know they call it like the officer wives clubs or the enlisted right. wives club you know you, you never heard right. the, the 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 officer husbands club you know so <laughs> you're right though you, you never right. heard that you know so i always thought that was interesting um you know that you were um that that was your situation so Can you talk a little bit about, you know, you don't have to go too personal, but can you talk a little bit about what that was like being the, you know, the female, you know, um, being in the military, which is, which the military is always seen as like this tough, tough, you know, everybody that's in there is tough, tough and this and, you know, so can you talk a little bit about what that experience was like being, you know, the female in the army and your husband um, was not in the military?
1: Yeah, yeah, Um, and like you said, yes, they don't have any. Well, at least then I can't. I don't know about now. now. And I'm right. I'm not sure. And I can probably say it hasn't changed that much because some things are just you know deep rooted. But yeah, there were not any thing for you know my husband versus with me. I'm the active duty service member, and he's a civilian. Right, and it's 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 already a a. Tough situation when you're a woman in the military, anyway.
2: Yeah, in true. the army,
1: because you already have. This is a male dominant uh, job. I mean, let's call it what it is. It's a male dominant job, and so you're already in a position where you have to somewhat prove yourself anyway, as it is. And so then, when you get in the situation, uh, like my situation, where I'm the service member and he's not now. I'm the one having to be sent off, and as the mother, and it just—I mean—and take—I take nothing away from um, women who do it and have kids, and they make it a career, and they retire out. I, hey, I—I'm like that's good thing, that's good stuff right there because you know that's the route that you chose and you made it work for you.
0: Right.
1: Um, with me, it was, and because I was fairly young, from I had come, I had what twenty. Yeah, 20 years old. So with me, I just didn't want to have my child without me. And nothing against, you know, her father. Not saying he wasn't able to take care of her, but I didn't want to be moving around here and there and everywhere and not have her with me. And the interesting thing about it, what really made me be like, you know, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and end this because my NCIC at the time, of course, was he was a guy and I was, this, I was pregnant with her and he I was something was going on and I needed I was telling him, hey, I got to go to I have an appointment. And he was like, he made a comment to me, whatever during the conversation, we went back and forth about this appointment. And then he made a statement, a comment to me and said, the army didn't give you that baby. Mm. And I, I said, you know what? You're right. <laughs> You're absolutely right, and that was that. That was when I was like, you know what? He what he said, even though it was very insensitive,
2: right. but what
1: he said was absolutely true, because at the end of the day, the army is concerned about the needs of the army. Mm. So, if and then too, what made it? And then also, like I said, nine eleven had just happened. So now we've entered into wartime. This this is no longer peace time. Right. So now, yes. The army is going to need Cheryl, the service member, not, you know, and, and I signed up for this and whatever they're saying that I need to go and do, that's what I'm required to go and do. They're not concerned about Cheryl, the mother. Right. And, you know, it's in the, no, and the military, military, Oh, we're family, you know, family or a family friend, not necessarily, Mm. no, not because I've known, you know, being a woman and having other, you know, other females that i've been in the military with who have children as well and i've seen them matter of fact i was pregnant with one at the same time we were pregnant when i was pregnant with my oldest and this was like her third baby and she was saying she was going she already had she came down on orders to career while she was pregnant so Mm. she's like i'm pregnant you can't move me while i'm pregnant so they was like okay we're gonna back it up They pushed the orders back until after her six weeks and so at this point she was like i'm nursing and they was like, oh, oh, well. And I'm like, you're going to, you know, and, and to me, I'm like, that is so mean. Because, yes, she can put her baby on formula, but what if she doesn't, that, that shouldn't even be an option. Like, I shouldn't have to decide on whether I want to nurse my child or put them on formula if I want to nurse my child. And at least for, because for, she, she was even pleading with them, hey, let me just, for six months, right. you know, they're like, no, you need to, and because that's what you signed up for, you really can't fight against it. So that's when I decided, I was like, you know, I understand this is a job. I understand what I signed up for, but now I'm, uh, I'm going to be a mother or, and so I'm just going to change only I can get out at this point and, and it'd be okay with me because I've done my job. I've done my, I've given you, given you all the time that I said that I would give you and now my life has changed. my life structure has changed, and i want to do i'm i'm gonna be a mom and so at this point, let me go ahead and and get out because I could have very easily you know family care plan and left, and my daughter would have been with her father because he wasn't in the military and that and even with that, you know, like when she was little, well, actually I put my name on the list so um for child care mm-hmm. on post. And because we were in dual military and because I wasn't a single soldier, I went down to the, I was like the bottom of the list. They never called me. Wow. Wow. <laughs> never called me back for a slot for her because my husband at the time was a civilian. So in their mind, they're like, Oh, you got a civilian spouse. It's okay. He can take care of it. Well, not necessarily. I still need childcare because what if he works now? the And the irony in that is like, you were saying like officers wise and stuff. And, and it's a, most of the time, officer wives, a lot of them don't work. Hmm. So, they stay, they're at-home moms and yeah. they, you know, or if they do, they can adjust their their schedule where they can pick their, you know, have their child, pick them up, drop them off and what have you. I was enlisted and so I didn't have all of them and then, my, like I said, it was my husband who was not in the military. He right. was working. So, it's just things like that and I was like, let me just, you know, it was, And I had went in with, when I first went in the military, I was like, yeah, I'm going to stay in, I'm going to retire out. And I have friends now that we became, we met in basic and AIT. They're retiring now. And so it's like, dang, I could have been retired at 38, (laughs) 39 years old. right? (laughs) Drawing a retirement check. But, (laughs) you know, but I, and I wouldn't change it because I, I just would rather have had that time and been with my daughter as she's grown than, you know, stayed in and not been with her and then has to deal with that part of her life. Cause my kids are very close to me, right? very close to me. So I, I you know, I think about it. Cause at one point I thought, Oh, I'm gonna go back in. And I was like, please, they, they would lose it. They mm. would not, they're just not built like that because yeah. of the, the relationship that we had. So I was like, nah, that just wouldn't have worked out well for her or me or, for, and like I said, my, my oldest son either. If I time a little one came along, i had been long gone, but yeah. you know, so that was those were some of the the things that um, I encountered or I had to that I had to kinda of weigh out in making my decision on if I was gonna stay in being a being a woman who was a service member versus my versus being the mom, the um the civilian wife.
0: Yeah, and you know that that whole story kinda hits home for me you know another story about us when when i was so mad when my wife when jennifer was pregnant with jeremiah um she you know they'd be out there doing these trainings and you know they'd make you wear your kevlar now maybe you know maybe it didn't do anything you know maybe it didn't harm you if you were in a prone position or any of this stuff you know but i just didn't like that they were telling her like hey you still have to do this because you know uh you know just because you you do because we believe based on this you're not harming anything by doing that right and, right you know nobody's going to take responsibility for the fact that my son came early you know right
1: no they're not and, they're not and ugh. and they're not going to say oh that could have had something to do with it i mean right. Luke, i was pregnant i was 8 months when 9/11 happened, and they told me, "Go home, get your stuff, pack us, pack like a week's worth of stuff, and come back here because we're gonna be locked down on post." I said, "And hey, what do y'all expect me to do? Mm-hmm. I am eight months pregnant." They were like, "Oh, we setting up um, cots and stuff over oh, in the man. gym for who to do what." You plan, like You think I'm about to be eight months pregnant, land on a cot in a gym? No, I'm not doing that. I was like, "Yeah, how, how could you even?" Like, the where, how you wrap your mind around that. Make it make sense. Explain this to me, because I'm eight months. My daughter Kamaya was born the following month on twenty second, twenty third. You mean to tell me you really think I'm going to go and sleep on a cot? And then I say, and then if, if something do pop off, what are y'all expecting me to do? Right. I can't do nothing. Right. I can't defend nobody. I can't do. I can't even run. <laughs> what do you think yeah. I'm about to do? I said well, I'm not coming back here for that. No.
0: Wow. Not at all. Now, I do think I do think because um, I, I still pretty much since I've been out of the military, I've kind of been around the military. I've been around, um, you know, I've I've never really I've always been near, you know, in some in some capacity where that'd be working on Fort Detrick or working around Fort Detrick. So, you know, I've always been around. And um, one thing I can say is it seems like they've gotten a lot better with stuff like that. Um, and that's good. Yeah. And part of that, and part of that is kind of like what's going on in our country right now. Like, you know, people found their voice and, uh, Mm -hmm. I think, I think soldiers were able to find their voice. And I think you had a a few compassionate leaders who were really willing to listen to the soldier's voice and a lot of stuff started to change. And I think, I think things are a lot better now. Um, the soldiers that I talked to or have, have been around, um, it seemed like there's still some of that stuff in there, but it seems like they've gotten a lot better about taking care of, taking care of people and, and allowing people to, um, you know, take care of the things that, you know, they need you to take care of because the army did have that mentality for a while. It's like, you know, I didn't, you know, we didn't issue you that, you know, you weren't, that's not standard issue, you know, so if right, it's not standard right, issue, you right. know, we don't, and then, you know, and most of the times, you know, you'll hear some crazy comments, I can't imagine this is why I wanted to kind of get into this question, because I can't imagine as a female um, some of the stuff that that you hear um, from from some some males who are just like, here's what here's what it really boils down to. Some guys. And I'm not bashing anybody, but some men get offended when if a woman is pregnant and they say, okay, well, you don't have to do this so you can stand to the side. For some reason some right. guys get really offended and they're like, Well, why do I have to do this? She right. don't you know, so I and mm-hmm. I saw some of that and I'm like, Man, why why is that? You know, and again, I'm not knocking anybody, but that's just something that I observed um being in the military. And again, I think I think that mindset is kind of changing a little bit and I think people are really focused on uh uh Lee said it the other night, you know, servant leadership and being more compassionate with your leadership. So I think right. I think the army is more right. focused on trying to turn that turn that page a little bit. So hopefully, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully they'll continue to turn that page and be more compassionate in the in the in the leadership, you know, uh for women in particular, um, as as, as we go forward.
1: Right, right. And that's always good to hear. I and you would hope that things always advance and get better. Because I mean it's if you're gonna have women in there, you're gonna know that they're gonna they're gonna at some point some of them gonna get pregnant. And so you can't <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, just how how life is. You continue, you plan on continuing life to you know continue going. So it's gonna happen. But yeah, like you say, yeah, and it is. I've 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 witnessed it and I've experienced it. They do. It's like they feel like, oh well, they're here. They, and I think some of it goes into the whole feminist thing, movement type thing. You yeah. know, oh well, they want to be. They wanted to be in this. Hmm. Um, you know, they wanted to be in the army. They joined the army. So if they they joined, they signed up for this. They knew what it was when they signed up, pregnant or not. They still should be able, still should be required to do. Like it's like, do are you even like listen to what you're saying? You're not making sense. You're not even making sense. Physically, I cannot do it. It doesn't. It has nothing to do with if I'm capable outside of this. But right now, physically, I can't do it. So if you, that's like you saying you broke your arm, and I'm saying no, go go and lift. You know, pick them pallets up or whatever. Right. Yeah. Your arm is broke you can't do it. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, some stuff, like you say, it's just with the mentality, it's the mentality of that, of, um, the, the men at that time. And still, you know, it's, it's, I'm sure it's still some people running around like that, but when you, like you saying, they're working on being a more, being more compassionate to, um, you know, what we used to have what is it called CO2 training, compassionate, you know, showing more compassion to others. Right. And you have to do that, you know,
0: well, and I if also not,
1: you go, no.
0: Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. I'm
1: done with that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I also, I also think you know, I think it's a good time to kind of point out um, another thing that I think that the military has done much better at in general is having women in leadership. Um, I yes. think that makes a big difference because when you have when you have all men in leadership and they've never been pregnant they've their body has never gone through any kind of transformation or well as they got higher right. rank their body went through transformation because they stopped doing pt <laughs> <laughs> different type of
1: transformation right a different type of transformation you know might have looked like there was a baby in there
0: but it wasn't you know right um, but uh you know i think the army did a good job or the military in general they have done a good job of Putting women in in position and you know, not to get off into this, but that's why diversity is so important. Because you have to have representation. And um for for the military, I think the reason why we're getting a lot more of this compassion, and you know, this is not a sexist comment and people will take it that way, but you know, women are just naturally more compassionate. Um Right and especially when they're gone through that. Yeah, right. It's in it's in a woman's nature. So if you mm-hmm. have if you have two star general such and such and he's this guy, he came in the Vietnam era. He's you know, he he might have to be compassionate because the army tells him to. But he's not going to really understand. But if you get such and such two star general who's in her 50s or 60s and she's had three mm-hmm. or four kids on her own and she's had to do right. the school thing and do this and do that. And she can be a little more understanding mm-hmm. of what it's like to be a, a, a mom. And to your point also, where you were talking about, like for me, if I were to get stationed, like if I was in the military right now, if I was to get stationed somewhere and Jennifer wasn't in the military, it probably would be a little not that it would be easy, but it probably would be a little more easy for me to be like, okay, you know what? I got to go do this for a few minutes. I'll be back, you know, just, you know, chill, hold down the fort, whatever. But for a female, you guys are so not attached that's the bad word to use but you guys are so I want to say intertwined with the kids right. it's like this motherly thing where you can't like you it, it's just uncomfortable to be apart from your kid like that mm-hmm. so I right. think I think the right. army is doing a better job of that so um you know but when when you and I were in and serving back in those days people will tell you people would say crazy stuff to you and do crazy stuff and there was no consequences mm-hmm. for it mm-hmm.
1: right right it wasn't it wasn't. You kind of just had to take it and, and move on, and mm-hmm. unless you yourself said something, and then you deal with the after the aftermath. You know, right. you kind of because like me, I when he when he said that to me, I was like, you know what, sorry, so and so, you are absolutely correct. I said and that's why I'm getting out, and I walked off. <laughs> you know, so it's like you're not. That's and that's probably another reason why you know I kind of was like, let me get out of here because something like <laughs> that. That's not get you, an yeah you know, and I had, at that point I had already had troubles and went on about my life, so I was like, let me right. just you know- yeah that that and then too, like I said that was just insensitive, yeah it was it it was insensitive, insensitive, and it wasn't even necessary because yeah. we weren't even talking about that. I'm telling you, I got an appointment, you're upset that I'm going to an appointment because there was a some type of detail that needed to be done, oh,
0: goodness,
1: well, okay, I still have an appointment, <laughs> I mean and I'm letting you know ahead of time that this is something I have to do. So your answer to that is the army didn't give you that baby. You're right, sir. Let me move on out of this. So you and your army can go on <laughs> with that. Right. That just it, it just was very insensitive, and that I was like, ooh, because as you can see, I still I remember that junk to this day, and this mm. that child is 19 years old. <laughs> so wow. you know, right? Because I that was just like, mm, okay, I see where we're going with this.
0: Mm. So Yeah that that was that was very uh insensitive and uh very inappropriate and I don't I don't know what yeah. was going through that person's mind at the time. You had to
1: know him. He was yeah. he was he had been infantry and.
0: Did I know him? You don't have to say the name. But um, do you think I know knew him?
1: You um, if you came over to well, no, when you got there, no, he had already um uh, moved okay. on. Okay. So no, you wouldn't right. know no. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, okay. he had been infantry prior to coming there and, um, you know, and then for these, and, uh, you it was a very, what they call a sham type of duty station. So,
2: <laughs> you know, like we didn't,
1: while. yeah, we didn't do no, we didn't do no field exercises. And when we did, it was like, Oh, we just going out, we just going out here to hang out. <laughs> <laughs> just to fulfill the obligation. <laughs>
0: oh man, That is hilarious. But you because know what? I
1: remember, we, we went one time, and I tell you, no lie, I had a dummy rifle. <laughs> <laughs> hey
0: now, hey now, you know they they did they did what they could do, but no, you're right. the the unit the unit itself were you know um, you know I don't I don't think they were you know because it wasn't that type of it wasn't that type of unit you know
1: right it wasn't um, that type of environment, but coming right. from infantry you know, you have a whole they have a different mentality. Yeah. And another NCO came in with, from infantry and he had that kind of mentality. Now me and him now are really, really cool. That's funny. And, but um yeah, he, he had that kind of mentality. And me and him had had some con- some confrontation. Oh yeah. Because it was like yeah, because it was like, you know, you first off, at this point I have been there. I'm I'm almost on the down and now I'm I'm heading on the way out the door. So I've been in Euphemia all this time. So I'm like as far as the unit I know this place. Mm. I know, you know, there's a certain way that we operate. There's a certain way everybody does things. This is how we stay in harmony. here you come. You just got You literally just changed your MOS Mm. and went to your, your job training, and then you came here. And now you come here, and you're trying to do all this that really don't happen. And so now, and then you're saying things to me that, Listen, let's can we go? We let's go in this office and have a conversation, right. just you and I, so we can get some stuff handled, hammered out.
0: Right. You and
1: I, even, because at this point it ain't even rank involved. Because I'm mean, you the same age as I am, mm. <laughs> sir. Let's get this together real quick. Because what you're not gonna do, you're not gonna come in here. It's one thing to come in and think you got to get order and all that stuff. You really didn't have to because we've been running well all this time. But you know, you wanna think that that's fine. You think you come in here and oh I'm gonna whip these whip them into shape. There's no, mm-hmm. no whip into shape. We we're doing perfectly fine. Dude, We running this is a this is uh a, a extension of a hospital. We're doing right. special immunizations. We're not doing a whole bunch of extra other stuff. This is all that we're doing.
2: Yeah.
1: And then you come in here with that type of mentality and then you know, you can't just come in here and talk to me in any kind of ways because now we're gonna have to have some off. Some off the line, offline conversations, and so we um uh, we had a few, few, little run-ins, and finally when I told him I was like, look, I don't have a no problem with fighting you. <laughs> <laughs> you no know? so don't don't problem with that. You going with
0: violence on him? That's funny. Yeah,
1: because it was like it had just gotten way, way, way out of control, and now that the funny thing about it right now, like years later, now he's out and I'm out. Years later, we find each other on social media. And he apologized Mm. because he was like, yeah, I was. I was doing a lot, you know. And then I told him I understood because he had some other stuff going on, some personal things that was real crazy, too. So I was like, I understand. You know, I tell you apology and everything's cool sometimes, you know. And that's how adults handle situations, you know. Yeah.
0: And, you know, um, I think that's an important point that you made, too, because I think – I think a lot of times a lot of us in the military no matter what your rank is a lot of us in the military's got a lot of stuff going on. Um there's there's a lot of stuff that's that's happening in our households or a lot of right. stuff that we're dealing with or we you know we're concerned about getting promoted if we're not getting promoted fast enough and you know we're trying to do this right. we're trying to do that and you know now you got to worry about you know especially the military members no matter what rank who has like high school kids who they want, their, you know, their right. kids are stressing because they want to go to to, um, you know, stay in their same high school. And you're trying to make that mm-hmm. right. But, you know, the last thing I want to say about that, though, is uh, in addition to the, you know, hiring, you know, giving women um, more positions of responsibility. The Army has also done better with like their um, equal opportunity and discrimination cases and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I think I think the Army has gotten better and um and some of those things so as a whole yeah as a whole yeah yeah, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: as a whole so yeah the last thing i kind of want to talk about now and this is kind of way off from the military conversation so i appreciate the military conversation i really wanted to highlight your experience as as a as a mom and a woman in the military because i don't think people get to hear these stories very often and and I, i love to tell stories and i like to hear people's stories so um, but the, the last thing I wanted to point out, um, and you saw, you saw this before, but I always felt like you were like a great singer, right? Like we'd be in church, you'd be singing. And, uh, there was a song I can't, uh, there was a song Jennifer used to really like, was it yesterday or something that you and Anita used to sing all the time? <laughs> yeah. That, you yeah. know, mm, she, she really, she really liked that song. Um, so I, I, I bring that up. You know, first of all, are you still singing? Do you still sing? Do you still do any type of anything with with your singing voice?
1: Yes, I do. You I, do. I okay. still sing. Mhm. I got still an sing. album. I, I've been on some. I don't okay. have my own. Right. Not yet, not okay. yet, but right. I've been on, I've been on a few um and when I was in Virginia, been on I've done a couple of projects, I've okay. been a part of a couple of projects when I was there and um but yes i I still sing just as much as i did before not well not as much because Mm -hmm. um with well with stuff going on now yeah and then too i had i don't have my the when i was in when we were in maryland there was there's a it was my my core group of a family now you guys are all we all family so you know it's beyond friends we family so all of us have kind of gone our own separate ways, and, yeah. you know, different directions and different states, and some stay there, and you know, Carolina, and so everybody, you know, people have gone different ways in life, and that's yeah. cool. So, yeah. that was the group that I sung with, you know, all the time. And mm-hmm. so, here, um, I still sing, but it was just it's now just finding, you know, those people again. So, I and I actually have reconnected with my girlfriend from like middle school when oh, I lived really? in wow. Brunswick. Yes, and she she sings, but her her daughter sings like very well, and she it's, a, it's like she has a a little group and a little following, and they sing and they go here and there and stuff, and it's it's so much it's fun to 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 see them doing this because mm. I'm way I'm way older than them now, so it's kind of like uh you know that's a whole different generation, <laughs> but I enjoy I enjoy watching them and I enjoy. You know, and they, you know, being around them and and singing with them now. Now I feel like the old head because they're like, "Come (laughs) sing, come sing, auntie, come sing, auntie." That's funny. (laughs) So, but I enjoy, I I enjoy it a lot. So, and on that side, I'm not singing like that anymore because it's just the different. I'm in a different place here. I haven't, I don't have that kind of environment anymore outside of, um, like even with church, like the churches I've been, um, it's just. It's not that kind of environment anymore. I got you. But I do still sing. I do still sing, and I always love karaoke. So you know, I'll be doing karaoke all the time. Okay, doing some Michael Jackson karaoke
0: or something like that.
1: Oh, I oh I be doing everything actually for my birthday this year. That's what I got. Like the best gifts ever. Can hold my own little karaoke machine. I got mics. Wow. cordless mics, look, I'm fancy. Wow. And that's what we did for our birthday because with COVID and everything. What I had planned wasn't that wasn't able to um I wasn't able to do it. But it was still I had a really, really great, great birthday. Um my boyfriend and the kids bought me a little karaoke machine and so I pulled it out and we all sang and my kids sang. That was the thing to see my kids sing, especially my oldest son, because he's real quiet. He's always been real mm, quiet. Yeah. So when he started, I was like, what? My baby. <laughs> you know what that's
0: that's hilarious because um when 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 you guys were here well i, I won't get into that story I, I have to tell you that story i have to tell you that story offline never mind i'll i'll, I'll tell you that offline um but anyway go on, get back to <laughs> get back to where we were so okay well uh we already talked about your podcast so Yes. Um, hoping that once you get the podcast rolling, that maybe one day you know I can call in and be a guest on your show. I don't of know. Of course. I don't know what we talk about. Um, you know, I don't know what the topics will be, but uh, I'll try to. You know, it it will be fun to come and join your show and and you know chop it up. Of
1: course, yes, yes, because you stuff. have. That, I don't. I mean. If you don't know, I'm gonna tell you. You've you have really helped me out with this. You kind of oh, pushed me all over the edge, motivating me to do it because I've been. This has been something that people have been like, oh, you should do this. You should do this for a few years now. Because mm. I don't know if you have, you know, I did it. I started with doing the little Sunday sessions. So every Sunday, I would go live on Facebook and talk about something, right? Whatever topic, whether it was something that was going on or something, I just felt you know I wanted to discuss. I would just go live and I would talk about it and people was like when I stopped doing it people were like hey what happened to the Sunday sessions why you <laughs> stop doing Sunday sessions I was like okay oh lord I'll start back you know I cuz really I stopped because it was I had to do them in the latter part of the evening cuz like I said I got the little kid the little mm-hmm. one and so getting him in bed and because I'm going live you know he would come cuz I'm doing it in my room so he would come and open the door and trying to ask me questions and i'm like dude i'm talking to people right now and you gotta get out so i had to wait till you went to bed and that was kind of late so i was trying to figure out a way to do it earlier and i was like i'll I'll revamp it later and then um a friend of mine girlfriend of mine was like look you need to start doing this podcast for real and i said okay i will and i kept saying okay i will i will blah 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 and then when I saw, when I listened to yours, the first, the intro one that you did, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, and I could, I cause I remember I contacted you. I was like, listen, look, what is, what is, how's is you getting all this started? Because people <laughs> were saying do it, do but they didn't know what to do. Right. right. They right, didn't know right. what it, and honestly, I didn't know what to do. It was easy to go live because all I do is just go live. So, um, and the things you told me and the stuff you said, look into this and read into this and I was, and I did that. And so I started and i order some stuff and I was like, okay, we're gonna get this all uh, set up. So now, I think that what I was waiting for, everything came in the mail. So, and So now it's just getting hooked on, getting hooked in, and um, navigating my way through the um, the programs and yeah. the editing and all that stuff. But but That's I'm sure. gonna figure. I have all that. Like, I think I got it pretty much figured out. And then um so I'm, I'm I'm pretty ready to roll. But so yeah, you was you had helped push me on over. I'm glad to do that
0: i'm glad, yeah, I'm glad to i appreciate that. you no
1: problem mm-hmm. i appreciate so, yeah, you yes so i'm on. definitely gonna have you on the, oh yeah thanks for having me and i'm gonna definitely have you on you know my i my topic is a little different from yours you know you do sports and you you know you you have a um you're more into public affairs and public yeah. um, current events that's the word current kinda, events kinda. and stuff like
0: that so what are you into what, so- what, are you, what are you gonna be into
1: My I I want to talk about pretty much what I know, you know, relationships and being a mom, you know, parenting Mm -hmm. and um and life. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Life, like those type of things, you know. I I like that. Um, because that's yeah, that's what most of my my Sunday sessions were about. Um, you know, relationship things and um. Friendship things like you know I'm I'm gonna do a whole segment I'm gonna try to get through it but like my best friend you know my best friend my best friend Goldie so you you know her like as much as you know long as you know me yeah but and you know I'm what I'm thinking about when I'm with...
0: laughing right the conversation we had before we <laughs> before we well... came on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, listen
1: go ahead. Goldie and yes Goldie and I have been friends we met in AIT so we've been friends for over twenty years now yeah. and it's very rare to have. A friend that long now, mind you, I have friends from from like I said, I'm re- reconnected recently with my one of my really good like my sister friend from seventh grade, and right. I have friends that I that I'm very close to from high school. But Goldie and I met as quote unquote adults. We are yeah. no longer home. We are you know navigating our own lives, and we she and the funny thing is when I first met her, we didn't even like each other. Mm. And this is totally all subject, but we didn't even too much like each other. Like, it was like, uh, her, mm, her, you know, whatever. And we always, we still hung. And it wasn't even that. It was just like, (laughs) it was our personalities. I was like, who she think she is? And she's like, who you think you are? And I'm like, oh, uh, whatever. (laughs) And she's like, well, whatever. You know, and, but (laughs) out of, and it was, it's six of us. It's six of us that met in AIT and we've still, to this day, we communicate. We still, Mm. um, Like, we're really, really, we're close. Our little group, you know, our little clique, um, for lack of a better term. Right. And, but she and I have continued, I mean, where she's lived, I've lived. We've moved, the longest time that we were not together, like, in the same state, in the same apartment complex, on the same street, something, Mm. was when I moved to Virginia and she moved to Georgia. Mm. but as you see now i'm here in georgia and she literally lives 10 minutes from me (laughs) so
2: we
1: (laughs) we've navigated so much in our lives together like every move ups and downs so one of my saying is probably not the first one i do um because it's going to be an emotional one but (laughs) Mm. um it's going to be about friendships and she and i are going to do it together so oh
0: that'd be good that'd be Um, good i look forward to hearing that
1: yeah, we're going to do that one together. She's like, I'm already going to cry. She <laughs> <laughs> cried. And I know there. I am because I, I know I, right. That's what I say. It probably won't be one of the first ones, but it's going to be one. So, stuff like that, you know, talking about friendships, relationship things, questions that, you know, and things that my, I'm always one to, because even she and I had a, a little back and forth today on social media about a topic. Mm. I try, I tend to play. For lack of a better, term, the devil's advocate on things. Yeah, because I I just want I I try to view things on both sides, right? And so and now whatever I, how I feel is how I feel. I'm gonna always state how I feel about something, and I pretty much will stand on that for the most part. You got to be good to wave me to waver my opinion on things, right? But um, but I am always open to seeing both sides, and if it makes sense, then I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's that that makes sense. But I'm very very opinionated. I I, have, I put this, I have a meme, a favorite meme that says, I will argue with anybody about anything for free because I will.
0: <laughs> I know that to be true. I do know that to be true. I do know that to be but, true. But,
1: but I do try to be very, you know, like I said, I try to be open-minded. I try to see both sides. I try to be very fair. But my opinion is just that. It is it is my opinion. And the things that I'm passionate about, uh, good luck with that one.
0: Right. Hey, <laughs> I hear you. But uh, again, I appreciate it. Thank you for your service. Thank you for the time. Um,
1: Thank you, Luke.
0: So we are going. So once we are done here, I'm gonna hop off, and then we'll talk for a few minutes, and I'll let you know uh, how things are gonna go. But other than that, we are done, and I appreciate it.
1: All right. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate you, and I'll be talking to you. And um, I'll have you when I have you on my show. But I'll be talking to you anyway. All right. All in general. But thank you. I appreciate you.